Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our study in the book of Psalms and we're going to be going through Psalms chapter 26 through 30 here this morning. And I hope you've been enjoying this study so far. I really have been enjoying it, going through it and reading through it. Hope you've been doing well in the scripture reading, uh, taking that challenge, reading those five Psalms a day. Uh, it's not too much. In fact, it might be just a little bit too little, so you might need to supplement it with a little bit of other scripture reading uh, to go with it. But um, I really do enjoy reading through the book of Psalms, and I hope that you also enjoy that. But today we're going to be in Psalm chapter 27 specifically, but we're also going to read chapter 29. So if you'd follow along as I read Psalm chapter 27 and Psalm chapter 29, and before we get into that, I, I do just want to remind you for those who are listening over on iTunes or Spotify or uh, wherever you get your podcast from, uh, go ahead and check out shoutsofgrace.substack.com. Once again, that's shoutsofgrace.substack.com because there you can, first of all, sign up uh, on email. And with that signing up on email, you can get alerted to, well, the podcast that goes out daily, but also all the other articles and stuff that are starting to ramp up just a little bit here uh, again. And also we'll get notified when some eBooks and things like that come out. I'm excited about those things. Uh, so just want to make sure that you're going and checking that stuff out as well. Uh, but let's get into scripture. It says this in Psalm chapter 27, verse, starting in verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came up against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of mine enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And then Psalm chapter 29 says this, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in beauty and of, of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon 
And uh, Syrian, like a young wild ox, the voice of the Lord divides the flames of the fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. He strips the forest bare, and in his temple everyone says, Glory! The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Amen. Isn't that just an incredible chapter of Scripture, just an incredible worship of God there? And it starts off, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. And everyone, uh, it says in everyone, or excuse me, in his temple, everyone says glory. And truly, we are to say glory to God. And I hope that that is uh, in your mouth today, that you are saying glory to God because the King is is sitting on his throne, and we need to go and to give our uh, our all to worshiping God today. But but today I really want to get into Psalm chapter 27. And as I was studying this psalm, uh, one thing that came up that was interesting that I never realized before as I was looking into this, and that's in verse 1. It, it says, "...the Lord is my light and my salvation." Whom shall I fear? And it's it's saying here that Adonai is my light and my salvation. And, and this is the basis here to go and to say that the light of the world brings our salvation. So, I mean, this Psalm, Psalm chapter 27, specifically in verse 1, you can go and take that and compare it to John chapter 1 and see here that, that the, uh, the light of the world is Jesus Christ, and that light brings salvation to mankind. We go and we see that there in John chapter 1, and it is going and actually making a reference to Psalm chapter 27, verse 1. So when when it's using that language, it's not just that it's true in the sense of what a light does, and of course making that comparison to Jesus Christ being light. And that, of course, idea, if you go and you look in 1 John, um, that, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In 1 John chapter 1, um, we could go and see the the spiritual aspect there of the 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 idea that righteousness is light and wickedness is darkness. Of course, we, we, we can see that. But even more so to the Hebrew reader, they would be going and having their minds brought back to Psalm chapter 27, uh, that Adonai is light and my salvation is my light and my salvation, that those two things are connected there. Those two things are connected, that light and salvation are are connected. And so when when they would hear the message of John chapter 1, they would go and their minds would be brought back to Psalm chapter 27. This is what their mind would be brought back to. And so we're going to see some of those truths then that they would be reminded of when they would go and hear about Jesus Christ being the light and salvation of men. But I think that this is interesting because it asks the question, the Lord is my, the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? And then it goes and it says, uh, David goes and he says, look, uh, the wicked came against me. The enemies, my foes, they, uh, they, all, all these people came up against me. They encamped against me. But then he says in verse 3, the end of verse 3, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this, I will be confident. Now, this is interesting. 
because you've got all these foes that are coming against him. And of course, David, this isn't uh, this is an allegory with David. David was a warrior king. He literally had foes coming against him. He literally had people chasing him, trying to take his life. Namely, King Saul was one of those who tried to do that for a while. And, and he was a man of war, constantly at war, of course, uh, going and battling. And he goes and he says, look, but I'm not going to be afraid. And then he tells us why. And this is what he says. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now stop and think about that for a little bit. David is saying, look, all these enemies are around me. All these enemies are around me, and yet I am not going to fear. Because why? Because I want to go worship God. Because my heart's desire is that I would worship God. That's why I'm not going to be afraid. Now, it all makes sense when you go and you read the next verse, because it says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above mine enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Wow. This is an incredible thing. You see, this is the truth. If you truly bow before God and worship him, you don't fear any man. You can stand before any man and you can stand in any situation because God has taken you into his pavilion. He has hidden you from the enemies. There is peace which they cannot find. There is peace that they do not know about. There is a victory that they do not see coming because you are with God. And when you are with God, you are always on the side of the majority. It doesn't matter if it is one versus one million. It does not matter if you are on the side that God is on. You are in the majority and there is nothing you should be afraid of. And this exact attitude is what David took when he went to go fight Goliath. Man, I'm getting pumped up right now talking about this because this is some really good stuff. Hope you're getting pumped up. If you're listening to this at five in the morning, let me tell you, this is better than coffee right here right here. This is better than coffee. And when David went to go fight Goliath, he took this exact, this exact mindset with him because he said, look, the battle belongs to the Lord. Therefore, he, as a young teenage boy, could go and stand before a mighty man of war who was nine foot ten inches tall and just as strong as he was tall. And that giant looked down at David and he said, David, I am going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. You come at me like a dog with a stick. And what did David say in response? He said, no, 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 no. You got it wrong, Goliath, because the battle belongs to the Lord. I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to feed your flesh to the beasts of the field and to the birds of the air. That's what David turned and he said. And why did he say it? It's because no matter how many enemies were around him, no matter how tall the giant was that was before him, his heart's desire was not looking for the approval of man. It was looking and seeking desperately for the worship of God. 
And as he desperately sought to worship God, he knew that he was being taken into the pavilion of God. He was going to God's holy hill and he was worshiping God there. And as he was worshiping God there, do you know what he realized? That God is tremendous. He is great. He is far above any problem that we could ever have. And he has an ample supply, not only of peace, but of anything that we could possibly need to have victory in the battle. That's what he realized. And so, therefore, when he saw the greatness of God, he found something that was worthy to stand up for, someone who is worthy to stand up for and to fight for. And that is exactly what Jesus, or excuse me, what David did when he went and he stood. Jesus did it too. But, but, but when he went and he stood before his enemies, whether it was a giant or many armies that were surrounding him. A couple other things I want us to see here in this passage of Scripture, although I feel like I could probably go for another uh, hour or so just on that concept there. Um, but, but he continues and he says this uh, in verse 12, Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, there's a couple things they want us to see here. One is, yes, it's it's true. David did have uh, adversaries against him of actual armies, but it's also true that he had just people with sharp tongues that came up against him. You know, it might not be actual armies that come up against you. Maybe it will be. You never know in this world. But it very possibly could be people with sharp tongues. And guess what? God is good for those adversaries as well. But then we come to an interesting principle in verse 13 where he says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, I think this is vitally important, especially for our day and age, because it is so easy to see the evil around us, and it is so easy to lose hope. And in fact, I would say that there are some people who, frankly, you've been taught wrong when it comes to uh, these kinds of things, specifically when it comes to uh, eschatology. Now, I'm not saying I, now I'm premillennial. I'm premillennial. I'm pre-tribulational. I believe that uh, that that Jesus comes back and he establishes uh, his his kingdom and he brings back the New Jerusalem and then he goes and he sits down literally on David's throne and I believe that he is the one who comes back with a sword and all of that and it is. But this is an important thing to understand. There are so many people who have been taught that exact thing, but then they mix it with this teaching called fatalism that there is absolutely nothing we can do. And so they start looking out and they start seeing the signs of the times. And they start looking out and they see the signs of the times and they go, oh, it, Jesus is coming back in the next 15 minutes. You better start jumping up so that you can get an early spot in the rapture. Now, look, I believe in the rapture. I, I believe in the pre-tribulational rapture. But here's the deal. God gave us free moral agency. The only reason that Jesus comes back, and yeah, we want Jesus to come back. There's no doubt about that. We do want Jesus to come back. But the only reason that things are terrible, and he says, but when the Son of Man shall come back, shall he find faith on the earth, is because you choose not to obey God. That's the reality of it. 
You see, if Christians stopped, and, and look, I, I believe you should believe, be tri- pre, premillennial and pre-tribulational, but if you stopped and you realized, look, let's stop catering to the evil around us, we might just see a revival yet. Stop jumping up to see if you can get a good spot in the rapture and, and uh, stop jumping up and down like that in, in, in the morning, every morning, and, and get out there and start winning souls for Jesus Christ so that we can see a revival on this earth. That's what we need to do. Don't become jaded with the evil that is around you. Do not lose hope. Do not lose hope. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Do you know what I believe? I believe that my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. You, you, you know, one of the things I've, I've often been asked in my life, and it's a weird thing to be asked, I'll be honest. But, but this is because most of the people around my age who, who grew up in the same circle that I grew up in and, and grew up in the same church that I grew up in, they, they went wayward. It's the reality of it. Most of them went wayward. And I've been asked this several times in my life. How did you turn out different? And there's, there's a couple different answers that I give because it's a couple different factors. Well, one is my parents and how they, they invested God's word in me, into me. But, uh, and that's one I think I've talked about in, uh, in the Proverbs series. But I want to point out another facet of it. And this is the reality of it. When we sang the songs, the little kids' songs, you know, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. You know, when we sing, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. When we sing, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Neglect your Bible, forget to pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. I believed these songs. And I still believe these songs. And because of that, I believe that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I believe that we can see a revival. But it's going to require you to see it too and to believe it. But the only way you're going to believe it is if your heart is like David's. One thing I've desired of the Lord that I will seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Do you have a heart of worship? Because if you have a heart of worship, you will believe in the greatness of God. And if you believe in the greatness of God, there is no foe that can stand before you. And if you believe in the greatness of God, then you will be assured that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. For those of you who believe in the greatness of God, for those of you who are assured that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, comes verse 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9, as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, wherever you go. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move.
darkness We hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting Will end in God's timing Sing like the battle's been won Can you feel it? The song that is rising Then you can't help but let it out If you're trusting in faith Can believe it, the work has already begun.